This is out of bounds. This is Out of Bounds. It's your spot for the weird, wacky, and wild in the sports world every single Monday night. Hope you're all doing well. I'm John Alba. That's not me, O'Brien. That is Pat Pitts. Uh, he is looking a little more burly than me, O'Brien, but that's okay. I'm very grateful to have Pat on. He's been on Out of Bounds in the past, and he's joining me again this week. What's going on, Pat? How you doing? All right. Doing all right. Uh, the Patriots didn't play football this weekend, so my probably a good thing, right? It's a great thing, and the Lions won in kind of nice fashion. So we're riding high right now. We're doing pretty yeah. well. Rough season there for your Patriots. Yeah, it's it's not what I'm used to. Not we're not used to this as Patriots fans at all. How are you dealing with that incompetence? Being a Lions fan is one. Uh, I've been, I've been kind of on that bandwagon since high school. Cause as a Patriots fan growing up, I wanted to know what it was like to be on the other end and mm. of the spectrum and want to be a fan of a team like that. So lines of help, but also just punting it mentally punting it being like, you know what, just show that you can be competitive and we'll see what will happen next year. That's where I'm at. Mm. Are you confident in that? That they'll yes. actually be competitive. Uh, by competitive, I just want to see competent football be played. You know, I, I just don't want to see us get shut out or nearly shut out almost every week. And if it means putting in Malik Cunningham or even Will Greer, I, I don't care. I okay. don't care. All right. Look, at the, the mighty Patriots fans have fallen. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? I don't All know. I know is if you did think it. We want to hear from you. KYNchat.com is where you can head to leave us your super chat. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just drop a super chat there. We'll see it. We'll read it on air. That's how you guarantee that you are going to get your comment read on air here on Out of Bounds. We got a lot of football to talk on this edition of Out of Bounds. But before we do, we always do an opening toast. Pat Pitts, what do you got? Drink on this happy hour Monday night. I got the champagne of beers right here that's not right. the champagne of beers it's not the champagne of beers but it's it's what i call champagne yellow right bud now. okay Little i've bud been light. dealing this on the last few weeks of out of bounds this is the knob creek maple Ooh, whiskey. i've been like using that. this for cooking purposes a lot lately i've been making really this hot honey um maple bourbon sauce essentially marinade that is amazing i've been using this it's incredible and it but it's yeah, also tasty that. for a drink. So a little ASMR for everyone here watching Out of Bounds. There it is. Ooh. And uh, cheers to your second appearance. I appreciate you hopping on. Let's have some fun here today. Let's have friend. some fun, John Alba. Let's do it. Mm. Yeah. That is so good. That's mm. delicious. <laughs> if your whiskey doesn't make you cough, is it even whiskey? That's... That's the question we need to ask. It's a good question to be asked, and it's a good question to ask here as we begin out of bounds. We are talking the QB carousel. Pat Pitts, the New York quarterback carousel in particular, continues to spin Zach Wilson. Finally, finally benched in favor of Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, the man who had thrown for like 30 total yards in his NFL career prior to joining the New York Jets yesterday. He is... Now the starting quarterback for the Jets, all as Aaron Rodgers claims that he's coming back in December from this miraculous recovery from an Achilles injury. Pat, 
Did the Jets screw the Jets and play themselves out of all that mattering? Or is there hope with Tim Boyle under center that a potential Aaron Rodgers return could be meaningful? It doesn't mean that the Rodgers return will be meaningful to me. It does mean that Rodgers is returning if we're throwing Tim Boyle in. You think so? I Because... They, they're just like, all right, we'll throw at anyone right now and we'll have Rodgers come in or whatever. My, when you say to the Jets, jet themselves, to me that says that they jet themselves out of a playoff contention. I don't see them being competitive in the playoffs. Maybe Rodgers comes back to try to be the the, the catalyst to start that because they'll be in the hunt. They're in the hunt right now. I think they're eighth right now in, in the, or 14th. I forget which one. It is. No, it's 14th. Bills are eighth. So they have that record where they could fight. They're on the bubble, and Rodgers will give them some false hope of that. I just see Tim Boyle as a we're throwing in the throwing in the towel, and we're just kind of hoping for Rodgers to come back to see that. But my point here, Pat, is that the Jets have had months now, months to make a move here and not have Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback, a guy who has regressed. Despite what Robert Sala is going to tell you, he has regressed as quarterback of the New York Jets. They have gotten worse with him under center. Now, you stick with him to the point where you get blown out by the Bills. You're a 4-1 football team that doesn't have a whole lot of hope. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, why would you play him if you're out of playoff contention? What is the upside there, Pat, in coming back from an Achilles injury, I think the Jets totally played themselves out of this by sticking with Zach Wilson in the first place. The only thing to me that like make makes sense, quote unquote, is to be to have Rogers be the hero of the story. That's the only thing I think of. But how is and he a hero if they don't make the playoffs? He's not, but they think that. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing in that sense. But their mindset is that they he'll come back and be the hero, and he's going to fight us to a playoff spot. But as you said. They've already played themselves out of that. I mean, Tim Boyle to me is throwing in, throwing in the towel, waving the white flag for the season. But they have this false sense there that, all right, well, Zach Wilson isn't it. We'll just Tim Boyle's a placeholder before Rodgers comes in. Maybe he'll just do, but you know, hand the ball off to Brees Hall is pretty much my only hope for them having any sort of offense and just do a job there. And then Rodgers comes back, and then we'll be the fight and lead them to the playoffs, but then eventually get bounced and not get there. Uh, it, the Jets just jet themselves every year. This doesn't surprise me that they, they made a move like this. It's not so much about playing Boyle to me. I, I think Boyle, frankly, is a better option than Zach Wilson right now. I know you're viewing it as throwing in the white towel, but they they, they had to do something. They had to do something. Mm-hmm. Now, they had an opportunity to go out and get a Josh Dobbs type a couple of weeks ago at the trade deadline, they chose not to. I think ultimately they have cost themselves where the concept of Aaron Rodgers coming back makes less and less sense by the day. And I understand that he probably wants to go out there and he wants to try to show the world, look, my mon- monkey voodoo magic helped get me back on the field. And I've been drinking this fish oil every single day. That's repaired my immune Very system. Nice, and yeah. now I'm ready to go. I think he wants that. At some point, if we reach that juncture where Rodgers believes that he's going to play and the Jets are out of playoff contention, doesn't someone have to step in 
and prevent this guy from being his own worst enemy? Yes, they need to. They he if they have no playoff hopes at all, then just sit him and let Tim Boyle start the rest of the year. That's my what I think. But if you're on that cusp and there's like the sl- like sliver of hope that you can make it, they're gonna put Rodgers in there and they're gonna try and do it. I'm telling you, the Jets, that's another way the Jets jet themselves. I've seen this for years as a Patriots fan, my own division rival. They just do not know how to make the right decision internally to help themselves succeed on the field. And a move like this to put Rodgers in just so that he could be the you know potential hero that brings you to a playoff and then you eventually get bounced in the first round anyways, there's no point. There's no point at all. But then there's also... The added caveat that even if you did get Rodgers back, who's to say that this offense isn't bad enough in the first place that even having him there is going to make a difference? It's, yeah. It might not. They allowed eight sacks versus the Chargers. They allowed six sacks yesterday. I don't care who your quarterback is. They're going to get beat up, and a guy who's coming in on one leg, it doesn't seem like that's the type of situation you want to set him up for. No. No, it's in, it's they think that he'll be able to, oh, he'll just evade, those problems go away. They don't. You need to protect your quarterback. As a Patriots fan, I know this. You need to protect your quarterback at all costs. It doesn't matter how good he is. And a move like that to put Rodgers in, even if, you know, you have the, it's it's not good. It's not good. That's just what it. Meanwhile, also in New York, we've got this guy lighting up the lamp. That's Tommy DeVito. He was exceptional in his second career start for the Giants. Going 18 of 26 for three touchdowns, even after being sacked nine times by the Commanders in helping New York pick up a win. Earlier in the week, though, Pat, it was revealed that DeVito still lives at home with his parents. He doesn't do his own laundry. He can't fold sheets. So is it now time for him to get that apartment in Hoboken or Jersey City? Or should maybe he hold out and still wait and see what his trajectory is before he goes and does something like that? Now, I'm in the camp that at this point, the NFL, if you have a quarterback that's bringing you success, you just ride it. It doesn't matter if it's you know a guy like Rodgers or even a tier or two below that's injured and will be coming back. You ride that success. Tommy DeVito has been electric, and I actually trust him over Daniel Jones leading the Giants. Hold on now. Been electric. This is a one-game sample size. He wasn't electric against the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, yeah. He did a job. I think he's he's a better option than Daniel Jones, personally. On one game? That's your sample size, and he's a better option than Daniel Jones? I, for, let's see where it goes. I just, I think that I am, I've never been a fan of Daniel Jones. I think the Giants should have just moved on from him to begin with. And a guy like Tommy DeVito breathes new life into the org. He played well, even being sacked nine times already. I'm not saying buy the new apartment now, but let's keep playing this well. Get on that laptop of yours in your mom's basement and just uh, see what's going on. That's what I'm doing. Is in a macro sense, what is the viability of having a strong backup quarterback in the NFL? This, yeah, because it's, yeah. this season, we've really seen that more than any season I can remember in our lifetime, mm-hmm. where all these starting quarterbacks have gotten hurt, uh, many for the entirety of the season. 
And these backups have had to step up. In the Giants' case, they lost both their starter and their backup quarterback. So this is QB3, who is a practice squad quarterback, now moving into the QB1 role. I think that Tommy DeVito is showing signs of having the guts to be an NFL quarterback, starting quarterback better than Daniel Jones. I'm not quite ready to decree that just yet. But again, you start on this trajectory here. Maybe you work yourself into a number two role at some point down the line and you're the consistent number two underneath Daniel Jones or whatever the Giants end up deciding to do. Maybe at some point he becomes a number one option. Who's to say, but I'm not ready to go just there yet. I I think he should hold off on, on filing those uh, apartment applications. They are quite expensive. Look, there, yo, that's why I'm still living in my mom's basement. <laughs> I have to fold my own laundry. The champ has to fold his own laundry. It's tough out here. But no, yeah, you. That, that's kind of what I'm alluding to with all the hype, hyperbolic talk about him, you know, is that the NFL right now, with the amount of injuries that we've seen, you need to have guys that can step up in an instant. And they may not win you the, you know, come back right away when they go in. But they give you a chance to fight. And the best example of this, I mean, other than DeVito, is Josh Dobbs. You like look at what he's done to two organizations this year, giving them at least some sort of chance. And now in the Vikings, everyone thought the Vikings were done. And look at what he's doing there. To me, what this says is that years ago you you had one quarterback, and whoever your backup was could be just Joe Schmo, who just knows the playbook. But now in this current NFL, you need someone who can come in, kind of control the damage, and give you a chance to win. And, I mean, if you look at what's going on with the injuries, I just think that having depth at the quarterback position now needs to be more of a priority than years ago. I would agree with that. And we also saw that last year in that 49ers game where they lost all their quarterbacks. and. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey was taking snaps under center because they didn't really have any other options. I mean, so much so that it changed the rules in the NFL where now you're allowed to dress that third quarterback, whereas before you couldn't. I think that DeVito stepped into a situation where showing and demonstrating poise matters to a fan base that is desperate to see something like that because it has been a disastrous season for the Giants and the reality is a win in a game like this hurts them a lot more than a loss does uh, in the yeah. long run My but, but that also depends on what the Giants would even do in the draft and the report this week was even if they ended up with the number one or number two overall pick that there's a very real chance that they might not even go after a quarterback and that they would look elsewhere so uh, if that's going to be the case And if Daniel Jones is going to be the guy that they're going to ride with, despite coming off the torn ACL and the neck injury, then Tommy DeVito has to continue to play like this to earn that number two spot going forward. The Giants would then move on from Tyrod Taylor. And you can make a nice living as that number two quarterback. Remember Chad Henney? Oh, Chad Henney, Chase Daniel. Uh, there's one other one. I mean, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick had a good. Fitzpatrick. Even your old boy Matt Castle even had a had a good little Matt career. Castle as a number did get two. a journeyman. He was a journeyman number two. So there there is a living to be made here. I mean, even if you're Tim Boyle. Tim, so, Tim Boyle was pretty good for the Lions when he needed it to come in. He just just blanket, just blanket situation. He didn't put up any highlight plays, but he just kept the offense moving, which is what you need at the end of the day.
We continue. We stay in the NFL. There's a massive, massive game coming up tonight. But that, of course, is not still in the headlines, Pat Pitt. No, of course not. Tonight is the night not just for the Chiefs and Eagles, but because Travis Kelsey's parents are reportedly meeting Taylor Swift's parents at the games. Taylor Swift isn't even going to be at this game, but her parents are. This is the mutual meeting ahead of the Thanksgiving holidays. What is the over-under on camera shots we get on the two sets of parents hanging out here, Pat? I say at least eight. At least going eight, eight and they're a half. Gonna, they're gonna. It's on ESPN. Eight and a half. ESPN's gonna market this so bad. I, I also, I actually did not know that she wasn't gonna be there, which that intrigues me a little more of why they're going to the game and why we're having this meeting. I don't know. You know, they want to root on Travis Kelsey. They got me. There was the video of Travis standing with Taylor Swift's father at the concert. In Argentina, where she said, karma is the guy on the Chiefs, and he's standing there right next to him, covers his face because he couldn't believe what what happened. That's happened. I I mean, okay, I saw a report today on TMZ that said that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift will indeed be spending the holidays together. I said to myself, (laughs) (laughs) they're in a relationship. I would hope they're spending the holidays together if they can. Yo, I, have we have the, we jumped the shark? On, are you tired of this? Or are you embracing the bit? I I don't think we've jumped the shark yet. I will say that I don't think we should jump the shark yet. I, I I just know what it is. I I want to see a moment that makes it feel genuine that they're actually doing. You didn't. You don't think you. You don't think we've seen that yet. No. No. Really. I, no. No, there is no. This the is whole all. video of her running into his arms after the concert when no one could see, or she thought no one could see them, and she leapt into his arms. Thought no one can see. Come on, come on. You know, I, 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 I'm just skeptical because it just seems too, too, too nice. Everything's going like I. She it's called a healthy out. relationship, Pat Pitts. Maybe I don't know what though that is, Don. Okay, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe you just don't know what a healthy relationship is. But it's I want to see something along the lines that makes like, all right, this this is legit. This is not just for an act, you know. And maybe it is a, a post of something he gives her, or just something subtle. You know, for me, for it just seems like every little moment that would make it seem like oh this is like they really care about each other it's been it feels scripted like she obviously said the guy's name in the song the guy in the chiefs like he's standing with her dad her parents are going to be at the game but she's not going to be there i don't know maybe i'm just in wrestling brain and i i'm thinking everything has a purpose but like i don't know i'm not over it i understand what it is and i if it is genuine i just hope it is genuine that's like the one thing I care about is that I just hope this is genuine so that they can be happy together. And it may be the Swifties out there or the other fans of Kelsey, whatever name you want to give his fan base, Kelsey's. I want them to kind of step aside and just make it seem to the outsiders like us that this is legit. Hmm. See, I would trust the Intel from the Swifties. Because the Swifties know her relationship history. They know the type of men she's dated. And if they think this is legit, which by all accounts they do, I'm 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 buying them at their word. I just don't trust the Swifties. They blow everything out of proportion, man. 
I don't. Everything's blown and football up. Football fans don't. Well, that's that's and that's the other side of the coin. So the other people that blow things out of proportion. You have Swifties and football fans, two very passionate fan bases by all accounts, in one mega relationship. It literally feels like a mega powers type of thing. You feel like you're in a relationship with a Swiftie right now? At this point, a battling one, an unhealthy one with the Swifties. <laughs> I'll say that. I will go with. I think eight and a half is a good number. I'll go with. I'll go with six and a half camera shots here especially if travis kelsey scores you're gonna get like four different angles of it yo four yeah they're gonna show them celebrating into the (laughs) into the commercial break you're gonna get the slow-mo like yeah exactly (laughs) Exactly. because donna kelsey is a celebrity in her own right their mother i love donna kelsey like look at you you're buying into it you're buying you're buying buying into it kelsey's all right like donna kelsey is such a wholesome human being i just love her and the fact that she has two sons in the nfl that whole thing like she's living out any mother's dream one is dating taylor swift the other was a finalist for people magazine's sexiest man alive should have won in my opinion absolutely should have won i mean for us burly guys out there i mean he is burly like I said, but I, I get it, man. I, I get it. I I think it's gonna be uh I think it's gonna be fun to see the next few weeks of this relationship on Tangle. I just I, I popped huge when I saw it. It's like they will be spending the holidays. <laughs> and I'm like, I yeah. Of course they are. Like I, I, I figured as much. I, I figured they would. Hey, I want to hear your thoughts, guys. KYNchat.com or if you're watching via YouTube, just leave us a super chat. And we will get your comment read on air. I see we got a bunch of people in the chat. I'd love to read some of your comments on air here today, regardless of what it's about, whether it's this topic or anything else that we're going to discuss on Out of Bounds. Again, Mia is on vacation for the week. So Pat Pitts is here filling in. Pats, before we go on to the uh, next topic, why don't you give everyone a little reminder of what you do and where they can find your work? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Pat underscore Pitts, and I got my own show, the Gillette Gazette, which is a Patriots podcast and the champ of the Patriot peeps. Uh, that goes live every Monday and Friday on Stadium Stadium Rants YouTube channel uh, at 7 p.m. And then I host my own wrestling show, uh, Pitts and Sarah's Wrestling Show over at Sarah Marshall WWE. Uh, and that, those are Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So go check us out there. Great. Let's get back to football here. We'll go to the NCAA this time, though. That is Caleb Williams. UCF star quarterback refused to talk to the media after his team's 38-20 loss to UCLA this week. Trojans now 7-5. and Total letdown season for them. Williams has been good. The team has not. A few weeks ago, he cried in the postgame. This week, he refuses to talk to the media at all. This is a guy who's projected to be the number one overall pick, if not number two. Pat Pitts, I ask you, is this concerning behavior for a guy who's going to be thrust into the limelight for a major NFL team? I'm going to give one word to describe Caleb Williams, and that is diva. He's a complete diva. And, you know, we've seen behavior like this when it comes to being drafted by a certain team by, you know, like Eli Manning, John Elway, all that. This is completely different. Okay. The comments that he's made, the one that sticks out to me is how he wanted partial ownership in whatever team he was drafted to. And you can't be making those comments, you know, after 
or before you even drafted. It, it's a very bad look. And then on top of it, you have the, the crying is one thing I, I don't really care about. It's more about how he did it into the crowd, maybe just a personal thing. But you, the thing that really annoys me is not talking to the media. Uh, when you are drafted by any team, even college, professional, you have to address the media. And by not addressing the media, it shows weakness and it shows it's kind of a telltale sign to the team, too, that you're in your own world. You know, you're not part of the team. You're not you, you you're just doing your own thing. And when it comes to the NFL, the best teams win, not the best players. It's a very bad look and it's not going to translate well over to the NFL. If I was the owner of an NFL team, I wouldn't really look at his way i'd give him a shot but i'm i'm not going in with the most positive of thoughts so is that enough to deter you from picking a guy with a talent like him yes because one thing we've learned in the nfl is talent only gets you so far it does beg a legitimate question about emotional maturity the the crying stuff doesn't really bother me as much as i said that a few weeks ago on the show like I have no issue with someone being vulnerable and passionate after yeah. a win. That doesn't really bother me. But the speaking to the media thing more than anything is about accountability and setting a message for your teammates. Uh, the you, you used Eli Manning as someone who wanted to get their way. That may be true, but Eli Manning was a consummate professional in the NFL, and he always answered to media. He always stood up for his teammates. If they lost, he took accountability. That's the biggest thing right there. And I am slightly concerned about at the collegiate level, at a major program like USC, if you're not willing to step to the plate and face the music, what kind of example are you going to be setting for your NFL teammates, especially ones that have been in the league longer than you have, who have reached heights higher than you have, who have won games that you you have not? That is concerning to me. Is it enough to detract from taking him number one overall? I'm not there quite yet, but there's also plenty of time for that opinion to change as we trudge towards December here. I don't, I think number one is out the window. First round is not. If he's a first round talent, like talent gets you drafted. And my thing is, he shouldn't be number, number one's one. out the window. Because of these antics, absolutely. If you're the first overall pick, you need to be the absolute consummate professional and you need to embody, like, I can do it. I can step up. And part of that is facing the music of talking to the press and, you know, all that. It's to me, if you're going to take someone number one overall, they need to be the guy. And he's showing that he's not, if you don't want to, if you don't want to talk to the media, after a sad loss, I mean, how many teams or players look at the teams, uh, the Browns and Lions? Do you think those players wanted to go up into face the media after going oh and something, oh and seventeen? No, every week they lost. They didn't want to go up, but they did it. And you don't want to do it because your team had a bad game. I don't know. It it, it really leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I wouldn't. I would just not take him at one. That doesn't deter me from taking him at all. But hmm. I would want. There's got to be a better option at number one overall. Look at so interesting. I think it's a layup. He's the first overall pick in the draft. Honestly, regardless of all this, really? I, a Drake May is probably the only other guy who 
would be considered for that spot. And I think they go one, two, assuming there are two quarterbacks, uh, two teams that need quarterbacks at the top of the draft right now, the bears would have the number one overall pick because of what they sent to the Panthers. So if they were to move on from Justin Fields, then they would pick him more. They could trade that pick and get even more draft capital and find another team that would want to take Caleb Williams. I, th- I still think regardless, Caleb is going number one overall. I don't think this is going to deter any team from taking him just because of his talent. But, uh, you know, and that stuff can be learned. Talent can't be learned. Uh, the Learning how to take accountability is something that can be accomplished, and I think he will. But it is somewhat concerning. I do think that it's a legitimate question to be asked and something to keep in mind if you are considering taking someone like him. Let's move on to the Diamond Pat Pitts. That is Brian Cashman. He's the general manager of the New York Yankees. He's been causing quite a bit of controversy lately. In an expletive-filled rant a few weeks ago, he noted that it seems that John Carlos Stan's game, you know, Yankee slugger John Carlos Stan, he said that his game is to get hurt, and the Yankees just have to be prepared for that. Now, Stan's agent, Joel Wolf condemned the words in a statement warning other free agents about going to New York because apparently they have to be, quote, Teflon to play there. Why does this matter? Well, Wolf is prized free agent Yoshinobu Yoshinobu Yamamoto's free uh, agent as well. So I asked Pat, did Cashman cost himself big with his comments or was he just being honest and we're cool with that? He was being honest and it cost him. It cost him, you know, this felt like a very emotion filled rant. And sometimes you, your emotions get the best of you and you say things that you don't mean. Uh, and it's just been building. And this is what happened with Cashman. You can't eat. I mean, it's obvious that he kind of said the obvious that you expect him to get hurt. Um, I, I think any organization should have that thought in the back of the head. Like what happens if our star guy gets hurt? I don't think that it's his M.O. to get hurt and not play uh, as much as I'm not the biggest Stanton fan. He's a human. You get hurt. You know, it's just tough luck. Um, To me, this was a very bad move by Cashman. And especially when you are in that stage of the offseason where you're fighting to sign the hottest free agent. You can't be making comments like this, man. You just can't. He said that him and Wolf are fine and they're on the same page and it's not going to affect anything. And listen, I don't I don't think it's going to affect anything. Ultimately, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to go to the team that's going to offer him the most money in all likelihood. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it will end up being. Now, hypothetically speaking, let's say it comes down to the Yankees and Mets, two teams who are supposed to be in until the end with him. And let's say that they have similar offers on the table. Well, then maybe a comment like that does come into play. And, you yeah. know, that's that's a, certainly a specific what if, but I don't think it's implausible for something like that to occur. I think both those teams are going to be in the seven, eight year, 220 ish million range for Yamamoto. And that's including posting fees and everything, too. On top of that, I think they're both going to be in on him. For me, the, the problem with it was. By saying that getting hurt is his game, that feels like a personal shot. It feels like he went below the belt on that. There is a way to address saying that, you know, historically speaking, John Carlos Stan has gotten hurt a lot, so we need to be prepared in the event that he does again. That was there very go. good. That was very right. professional, John. Right. That was very professional. There you go. That's that it. was a great. Instead, you say, well, it seems to be his game. 
And what I hate about it is, for all intents and purposes, from what we've seen on the outside, maybe it's different internally. But John Carlos Stan has handled his struggles in stride. He's been a consummate professional. He's been a good teammate. He's talked to the media. He hasn't hid from his struggles. He hasn't hid from his injuries. So it felt like a very below-the-belt comment to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's below the belt. You can say it in a joking way, but you know, like when you deliver it, how it's going to be received. That that felt like frustration. It felt like a lot of frustration being emptied out. And you can't be, especially a guy like Stanton, who's one of your top players. You can't be making these comments like that. It just it it, it shows cracks when you're making these comments. But like we're that. also talking about the same guy that once upon a time broke off negotiations with Derek Jeter to re-sign him. We're talking about a team that Hal Steinbauer didn't even have Derek Jeter's number at some point. So for as prestigious as the Yankees upper brass has been heralded as over the course of the last two decades, there does seem to be some sort of putting your foot in your mouth syndrome. Oh yeah. They have a, they have a big, big problem with that. I could see that. And I, I struggle to understand how, a communication breakdown like this occurs at that level, especially yeah. when you know the agent representing said player just happens to be representing the second biggest free agent on the market. And you know that. Don't act like you don't know no, that. Of course. They, they have to know that. Where do you see uh, Yamamoto going? I can see one of the New York teams. You think one they'll, of the New York teams? Pay, yeah, one of the New York teams. They'll, they'll pay him the what he wants. I, I just – I have no faith – in my Boston Red Sox at all, that they'll sign anyone big. I know Otani's been talked about a lot to come here and another guy, but I, I have no faith. And I would much rather, or much, not much rather, I see him signing with a bigger market team or equally market team like a New York, whether it's Mets or Yankees. Yeah, I think he's going to the Mets, but uh, I would not count out the Yankees either. But if it does come down to a playoff between the two teams maybe a comment like this could come back to her catchman in the end let's keep going here pal let's go over to the association the nba in season tournament it's underway it hasn't exactly generated the headlines the league was hoping for aside from some of the wild courts that we've been seeing do you care at all about this thing and why or why not i i i don't care that about the in-season tournament because they haven't really given us a reason to. I talked about on Underground um, about it, and essentially we we came to the conclusion that it's just a marketing tool for the NBA to get fans as hyped for the NBA season before Christmas. You know, get them excited for it before Christmas because that's like the um, undecider or whatever. Um, you think that's all it is? Right now, it seems like it. I mean, they're doing the cool courts and whatnot, just a show. But from what I know about it, there's no uh, reward playoff-wise. There's a financial reward. Financial reward. It's But it's internal. There's no team. It's all players. and co- It's all financial that way. There's no reward for the team in season. Like, you know, oh, you get, you know, a home field, a home court advantage for a playoff series or, you know, you get a, a spot or what. There's no real implication there that gives me a reason to care more and, other than, oh, I get to see the cool court on Tuesday and Friday nights. I, I think for me, it's more the players 
have an incentive to play in these games because there is a financial reward. And that's what the purpose of the tournament really serves itself for trying to get, you know, the NBA is built off its superstars, right? And there's been this load management issue over the course of the past few years where these superstars haven't wanted to play, even though the tickets are being sold on their backs. So they put those new rules in this year where, players had to play a specific amount of games and whatnot if you're a superstar. But also now with this tournament, by incentivizing them with a $100,000 bonus or whatever the money is, Mm -hmm. that's a way to keep them on the court and keep them playing for something. I think that's truthfully what the in-season tournament really is for. Yeah, that's what I agree. I agree with that, that it's for the players and incentivizing them. As a fan of the NBA and – I like new things being tried and see where it can go with it. I would like to see them involve some sort of playoff. I don't want to say implication or another thing would be draft pick. Uh, I saw that if you know, sorry, we talked about if someone, if the team won the in-season tournament, they may get a lottery pick or an extra yeah, first. That's round not pick. bad. Getting someone thrown in the lottery is not a bad. Like I like that incentive. That that makes me interested a little bit more because there's a team incentive, not just a personal one. For the players' personal incentive, like if I'm going to the game, I care. But if I'm not, then I don't care. So, give me something that cares about it for the team, not the players. Do you have a favorite court or any court that stood out to you during this thing? I think the the Raptors one was pretty cool. I like that one. Um, the jazz one is all purple and it looks like grimace threw up on a court it's a, it's a, someone said that's where prince played uh prince played ball in the <laughs> Dave Chappelle show uh i like that one the celtics one's pretty cool uh, it's just confusing especially when you know i live with my parents still so i'm down here doing my work and my dad throws on the game and he's like banging the upstairs to try to get me to come up he's like why what is going on why is there a different court why what is tell me what the in-season tournament is and i'm like it's basically just exactly what we just talked about. He's like, yeah. that doesn't explain anything to me. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> it doesn't explain anything to us, really. Well, a guy who did take advantage of the limelight of the in-season tournament, Draymond Green. This is wild story. Warriors star Draymond Green was suspended five games after putting Timberwolves big man Rudy Gobert in a chokehold last week. Was this truly the best pro wrestling move that Green could have used to try and hold back someone like Gobert Pat? Nah, you got to do a classic full Nelson, man. I love Nelson. I think a full Nelson. He may not have been able to get his his arms clenched because of how long Rudy's arms are, but I love a good full Nelson when it's done correctly. So I would like that. Maybe put him in an arm bar. Uh, I don't know. What if he's dropping him with a move, though, instead? If he's dropping him with a move? I would have liked to see, like, my mind goes RKO because those are the best, but um, just like maybe like a rock bottom, like a subtle rock bottom to just like, you know, grab him, you put him in the choke, but then you turn it and then into the slam. That move showed potential, and that definitely had to have opened the mind of any wrestling company to bring him in for a celebrity appearance. (laughs) I mean, I think it's totally the diamond cutter, the the RKO. We remember back in the day, Dennis Rodman was hitting RKOs, diamond cutters you know, during his run in with the NWO. I, I mean, that's to me. Well, there's Carl Malone hitting it on Dennis Rodman and such, but yeah, I mean, that to me, that that would really create quite a bit of excitement uh, to see 
in the NBA if you had Draymond doing that instead of a coquina clutch yeah. uh, trying to choke out Rudy Gobert. I go choke. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you think of Draymond here? This is repeated behavior from him. You know, we've been seeing this consistently over the years with him. Is this just who he is? Are we okay with this? Are we not? What's the deal? It's who he. It's who he is. We're definitely not okay with it. It, it just. It, it's. Uh, it's the he's already had the the tenure in the league, so he's getting away with it because he can do these things. But it's just not acceptable, and it, it takes away from the game itself. And you can't have that behavior. And if it was anyone else that's not Draymond Green, it, there would be harsher penalties and uh, punishments for it. But because it's Draymond, they're like, well, Draymond did this. And, oh, because he put him in this, oh, he's going to get, uh, a, you know, an appearance here and whatnot. So they think that way when in reality, like, you can't. Because in this allows for other players to potentially do this behavior. And that's where you, you the game hurts itself. Yeah. I don't think it's going to have any effect on his legacy at all. This is no. who he is. I mean, he knocked out one of his teammates last year, all this, and he's still got TV time as an analyst. So if Alex Rodriguez could rebuild himself, I have no doubt that Draymond's going to have no struggles with this whatsoever. No, he's not going to be hurt by this at all. All right, Pat, it's time for the beast of the week. What was or who did the most beastly thing in the sports world this week and why? Beast of the week goes to Aiden Hutchinson. Lions oh, okay. were like about to lose. Lions were about to lose a game to division rival Bears. They fight back in new Lions fashion because those same old Lions would would have just curled up in a ball. But these Dan Campbell Motor City Kitties fought back, scored, and then on top of that, why it's the beast of the week is because it's the it's literally like the first drive like first play after hutch comes back strips the ball from i forget the bears quarterback's name i just remember him as jim mcmahon 2.0 uh strips it from him and then to have it kicked out of the end zone i would have liked hutch to dive on it for the touchdown but have it kicked out of the end zone grabbing it he's windmilling that this line seam is so different and it's because of beasts like aiden hutchinson Okay, I dig it. Uh, my beast of the week, this was crazy. If you guys didn't see this, go out of your way and check it out. So the Lakers played against the Houston Rockets yesterday. Mm-hmm. And a fan named Anthony was given the chance to knock down a half-court shot for $55,000. And they asked him how he felt about it. And he pointed at the rim like he was going to call his shot like Babe Ruth. Well, not only did he airball it, but... He actually substantially injured himself. He went down shooting the half-court shot and uh, started grabbing his ankle. And they were, like, playing around with him until the MC realized that he actually got hurt. <laughs> and it was the most awkward halftime entertainment you're ever going to see. So go out of your way to find this. We don't know the extent of Anthony's injury. I, I mean, he was struggling to even walk after this. I don't know if he tore his calf muscle or his Achilles or whatever but this is wild go out of your way to check this out um, poor Anthony get well soon but uh man this is like your one moment one moment to the shine most beastly thing possible <laughs> it's like that needs to be a movie 
of some sort. Like that needs to be something. That's something out of a movie. Like you're on a bad, like a first date or something, and you go out to hit that shot, and then you get hurt doing it. Like that is just comical. Very Absolutely curb your enthusiasm. Nonsense. Yes, uh, a thousand so. percent agree with that. Very much so, Pat. This has been super fun. Remind everyone once again where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Pat underscore Pitts, uh, Instagram as well, Pitsy35. I mentioned before, Stadium Rant, where I do the Gillette Gazette, Champ of the Peeps, Patriot Peeps, uh, over at Stadium Rant's YouTube. And then I host uh, my own wrestling show on Sarah Marshall WWE three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And, John, on Wednesday, I stream my own Patriots team on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash nonsense sports network, because the Patriots can't run an organization. So I thought the champ of the Patriot peeps could run an organization and made up my own little Patriots team with people that I think would be good fits and actually low key realistic. So go check that out. Five thirty on Wednesdays. There you go. Love to hear it, Pat. Thanks so much for hopping on out of bounds and thank you everyone for tuning in to out of bounds. We'll see you next week right here on the know your news network. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone watching. Roses are red, violets are blue. I click the subscribe button. You really should too. If you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.